Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of Project 88 Podcast. I'm AC, and Lino May is still in a coma from getting hit by an Arby's truck. Today's guest is Miami-based artist slash painter. You can find his work on Instagram. Give it up for the very own, very Vaga, a.k.a. Leo. How are you today? Pretty good, pretty good. It's uh, Very Vega, by the way. Very Vega. How did you come up with that name? Um, you know, the funny part is I spent a lot of time just thinking about what would be a brand name for me. Mm-hmm. And so many people go for like the obvious choice of trying to pick like an animal or something you could compare it to or maybe even a chapter of their life. And then I remember one day I was watching uh, <clears throat> the Versace show. They were talking about his death and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he very he stated in one of the episodes that he wanted he never wanted the brand or the art that he made for people to think it was, you know, for everybody else. Right. It was just for him. So I took some sight some insight into that, and um, I sat there for a little bit. And I was like, "What? What makes me me?" And then I just thought about it. I was like, "I'm fucking me," you know. Yeah. So I was just like, um, "Very Vega." It's yeah. gonna be very Vega. And then. When I first said it, I was like, you know, that's something I could probably catch on. You'd probably see it in the street, be like, oh shit, that's like very Vega. Mm-hmm. So that's where the name. I, I could definitely relate relate to that. I enjoy. I think the best uh, artists or or like entrepreneurs are the ones that do what they want, not what what's like currently trending or what other people tell them to do. A hundred percent. I can. Uh, I can. I can agree with you more. You know. Um, when an artist, I feel like nowadays, you know, most artists, when they uh, create or anything, they do it for the wrong reasons. They're creating for everybody else. Mm-hmm. When in reality, the only person you should really be creating is for yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're the one that created it. Exactly. So, you either got to love it or you hate it. So, I love me. And I'm always going to love me till I die. Uh, respect, respect. Uh, jumping right into it, how would you describe your art? Um... A wave of emotions mm. literally uh, whenever I paint or I design a piece of clothing it's strictly just a wave of emotions that had overcome me that day or issues that I was talking about or things that I probably have on, on my mind constantly and I'm always constantly thinking you know mm-hmm. I feel like I suffer from a monkey brain you know therapists yeah. would be like oh you're always consistently thinking about something yeah. and it's true you know I'm always thinking about either other people's lives uh my life or the tragedies they're having in this world and i'd like my art to reflect the chapter of my life that i'm living in so do you see that more as a pro or a con as in what the The monkey brain or ADHD. the monkey brain it's bittersweet Mm. you know um i never fully have my own thoughts so an example would be like I'll think about something and I try to stop to think about it, but then in reality, I can't really stop to think about it. You know, it's very, very uncontrolled my mind. That's how I feel like sometimes. And um, when I feel like that, the only thing that eases me is art and throwing it onto a piece of canvas or a piece of clothing. Right. And it just represents what I'm feeling right there at the moment. Anything from sadness, joy, uh, depression, which is sadness, yeah, or anger, or... Any type of those emotions I uh, reflected in my painting, you'll see it. I'll do one line in that painting, and then if you really look at that line, you'll understand what I was feeling at that exact moment as my hand stroked across the canvas. 
And I think that's really cool that instead of bottling all your emotions in, you, you find a, a healthy way to express it. Of course. You got to vent somehow. Mm-hmm. People that don't vent, I feel like, end up either killing their, their ego and their personality as a whole, or they just end up getting like really bitter and angry at the world for no reason. Yeah. And that's a terrible way to live life. Of course, man. People don't realize it, but it's really short. It is. It's extremely short. Unfortunately, uh, a while back ago, I had a friend of mine pass... I remember I didn't have anybody to, uh, you know, care for me when I was going through that big process. She was my best friend. And um, all I could sat there was thinking, why? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to her? And nothing made sense. All that could make sense was that white canvas. And I knew I had to throw a message onto there. Yeah. Something. And you'll see the start on my page. Um, I drew someone in the bath to, in the bathroom, uh, just crying, with the water falling on them. They're all red with tape over, it. and each detail of that drawing was an aspect of one of my emotions going through that process. Mm. So it was just a a painful drawing, and even more so a painful creation. And when you see it, you understand where I'm coming from. Crazy. You can understand the perspective that I was trying to reach of why she had done it or the pain that I was left with. So when I did that painting, you could see it. The red, just angry, passionate, sad sometimes, pain. Mm-hmm. The tape on his mouth, not being able to speak out your feelings, which is exactly what she was going through. And it took me months until I realized I could have this answer right here on this painting mm-hmm. and when I did it it was closure wow that's crazy to, and I'm very sorry to hear that about your friend oh man you know that's life bro yeah um so but in a way were you doing our um while before that happened or because of that tragedy that this is where inspiration stemmed from I've always been uh artistically in tuned into that world mm-hmm. um since I was a child, I would draw on the walls. You know, my mom would bitch at me and shit. But <laughs> yeah. it was a part of me being me, man. I had to go find myself out there. And when I did, I realized that my passion was art. It's the only thing that I'm really good at. You know, right. I could look at numbers and tell you a simple math equation. Yeah, I could read a piece of literature and understand the artist's point of view and the writer's point. Of, actually, the writer's point of view. But um. There's nothing I understand more than to see a painting and completely understand what that person was doing in that painting. You know, some people, it kind of saddens me a little bit because uh, nowadays, if you look through Instagram and all that, you see people doing this art where they just hang a can, as an example, hangs a can over over a giant white piece of canvas and then they swing the can to make a bunch of different colors or I was even more flabbergasted when I saw this girl that she was selling her paintings and all she did was just grab a bucket of paint a mop and then throw the canvas on the floor and then Mm. paint two circles or the the classic banana taped to the wall yeah like nowadays I feel like again this has always been a problem in the art world that the rich do manipulate um, how or who makes it to the top just because what they like you know yeah so you kind of have to appeal to a rich person but at the same time 
people trying to appeal to a rich person, you're losing track of who the fuck you are. Why the fuck do you paint? Or why are you doing any of this for, you know? Something I've always had a very uh, found understanding was uh, money comes and goes. Yeah. At the end of the day. What you leave on this earth has to be a good message for the following generations. Of course. So what do you want? Cheap, available anywhere are? Or do you want someone that has poured, poured their feelings straight into a piece of canvas and just let go completely of all their problems in the world? And then that piece of art that you own right there was someone's life yeah. or someone's emotions right there. That had depth. Nowadays, it's all surface. That's very interesting uh, hearing from an artist because usually people say, oh, art is subjective. Like what I, I like isn't exactly what you would like or vice versa. It's all a very big uh, opinion, but something I, don't, something I don't tolerate is art with no emotion. Then what the fuck is the point of the art? Right. It's supposed to convey a feeling. Just throwing something out there for people to look at and just buy because everybody else has it just means that you have no personality. Mm-hmm. Nor do you care about even getting deeper into who you are. Right. So, do you think that those type of people are on lower uh, level in your book? I feel like they're striving to be somewhere or be something in their life. Right. And they're just taking a shortcut to reality. The reality is nobody knows exactly where they're going or where they're going to end up be. You know, you could point in the right direction, haul ass to it. Mm. But you won't really know until you're there. So why try to bypass all the beautiful emotions in life, which you could be putting into your art? Right. There's no emotion nowadays in spinning a can above a canvas. Wow, that's entertaining. Congratulations, you've done a bunch of lines and smears that will make someone feel some type of way. But do you feel self-gratified about that? Do you feel like what you did was really you? Like, could you stand behind and be like, this represents me? So you're telling me you represent a can floating in a basement around in a circle while the paint lands on that. Come on, bro. Yeah. People, use your emotions more. We need more emotions in this world. We need people to care. We probably wouldn't be in this condi- this condition of the state of this country if everybody just cared a little bit more and did effort into what they do. Definitely. I feel like nowadays it's so easy to become a millionaire. It's taken the whole strive and dreams of everybody just because everybody's trying to be in the same thing man like mm-hmm. get over it it's just a chain that has diamonds on it diamonds are completely worthless we manufacture diamonds like why the fuck would I want something that's manufactured in millions you're yeah. looking for something that's unique right the only way you could find it is if you made it unique right like if you made it personal everything is personal life is sex at the end of the day right it has to be passionate beautiful until the very end Wow. So you would say that street artists, like basic graffiti art or stuff like that, has more impact in the in the art world than basically a, a white canvas. A hundred or times. Different f- shades of white, as like that's worth millions. A hundred times. And as a matter of fact, I used to be a formal graffiti artist. I used to just just randomly with my older brother. Uh, he'll take me with me and he'll go spray up a train station or some shit like that and mm-hmm. um, did he have a unique signature like a drawing that's or... what it was though that was what it was he was never really good at drawing he was really good at calligraphy so he could draw his name very beautifully and you'd see it but you know what even the name and how he drew it 
told you something about him. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that this person is breaking the law right now just to put a piece of art up against the wall, knowing that if he's caught, he could serve some time for that. And I, no, 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 not long or anything, but you're definitely going to get roped up and spend a night in jail for fucking up the side of a wall. Right. And it was a rush, you know? It was a rush because the adrenaline you get from going somewhere knowing that you can't do what you're about to do and doing it just because you're about to leave your mark on the side of a wall and that mark when someone ever when everybody passes by there and see it and be like wow like look at that name the way it's spelled look how he put his r's look at the picture he put inside the r like what does that mean right. everything has meaning man you know some things aren't just like randomly just thrown out there and especially graffiti artists man i follow a bunch of graffiti artists on my page and they're so quick with it it's almost like it's instinctive to them mm-hmm. like it's a part of who they are like just going up and leaving your mark somewhere and I think that that act is on its own is beautiful um, and plus our buildings are always gray khaki very dark yeah. very monotone colors vanilla it's almost like when you do see it it gives you like a sense of like urban like this is somewhere where you can go create like I can't tell you how many times I've taken people for the first time to Wynwood, and then the moment they walk around Wynwood and realize that Wynwood is just covered in art, they're amazed and their eyes can't stop shifting from left to right looking at all the walls and all the beautiful art there that people have left behind. Right. So I think it's actually a part of our culture. And I think, as a matter of fact, we should continue doing that for future generations to feel that. Exactly. And I think that's one of the great things about Miami, things like well, Wynwood or the Art District. Dude, super beautiful. Miami is beautiful. At the same time, it's detrimental to you. Mm. Miami is like I think uh, I remember talking to an artist one time. His name was Alex Giannis. He's very uh, well known mm. around the area. He's Sculptor. A, he, you've heard of him, yeah, right. Yeah. So I remember talking to him, um, and I was doing an internship just to learn more about the business and everything. Cause I, I too have aspirations to go far, but I'm not willing to sell myself out to anybody. Yeah, which is important. It's of course you have to keep. That's what's selling me. Mm-hmm. I have to keep my integrity. Right. And he told me something that sounded so, so real, at the moment. He goes like Miami. If you ever look at it at night and look up into the skies, you'll never see any stars. Do you know why? And I go like, why? He goes like, because Miami eats all of its stars. Wow. So I sat there for a moment after he told me that, and I was like, that's so true. Whenever somebody has tried to be themselves truly, down here they end up selling themselves. and Or get lost in the process and then it's not even them anymore at the end of the process. It's someone that they created and that happens every day. People just want to reach the finish line but don't even take a chance to look around to see who's on the sidelines watching or what the hell it's all purpose for. Like what is this for? Mm-hmm. So you think that places like Miami, New York, and California are actually uh, hurting art and the entertainment business as a whole? Well, again, that's a little bit of a gray area, too, because that's normally where you find the most art. Mm-hmm. People are trying to speak out from in between the lines. But at the same time, I feel like everything around you conveys you to take the wrong path. Kind of like the devil keeps you in a padded cell until he closes the door and then you realize you've been so comfortable you're trapped now 
Right. So people, you know, Miami, if you really were to think about Miami, you think of Miami as expensive cars, nightlife, beautiful Latin women, and this, like, this animal of a night. And you want to be a part of that world. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember, your only tool is you. So you have to be able to control you and keep composure throughout the whole process or or you get lost, man. You know, and the drug life and the party nights or the women, the money, chasing after the money. And like I told you before, man, money is not everything, bro. I used to be very rich when I was a child. I remember we used to go to Disney every month. My brother had the best cars. I had the best clothes. And then one day to the next, I was sleeping in the streets with my mom at a bus stop. And she was the only thing that I had left, which is love, which is a part of me. And she helped sculpt me. So all I really had was me and my mom. So that's the only thing that matters. Love, your passion, what you do. Like anything else is just like passing by, you know? I think uh, something my mom told me that made a lot of sense was, you know, everything is borrowed and nothing is promised. The only thing you're promised is that there's going to be an end to you today. Right. I mean, not today. Well, eventually. Yeah. But um, what do you want to leave behind? Like, what's your legacy? What's your print? Like, do you want people to know, oh, yeah, he made a lot of money, but that's it. Yeah. That's all they're going to say. Yeah, he made a lot of money. Okay, that's cool. I have a lot of money, too. I have a couple of dollars in my pocket, and I feel great. Wow. So. I, n- I never knew about this. I never, yeah, obviously, that like, you have a certain perspective that you rich, you live the rich life. Uh, I, I'm not sure to what extent, but then you also live the complete opposite, which is, the, quote, unquote, the urban or, or poor life. And the yeah, struggle, you, man. Yeah, the struggle. That's the struggle, bro. And to be honest... I wouldn't even trade any of my struggle days for my best days. Right. When you're in the struggle, you build character, you know? Whenever you're sad, it builds character. Whenever you find yourself in a hole, it builds character. Mm-hmm. Everything builds character if you let it. Right. You feel me? So, sometimes I'll be really sad, and then I'll be like, wow, you know, like, I'm really sad. And then I'll go look at one of my paintings... And be like, I created that. But I also created that when I was sad. Let me go create another one. Mm-hmm. You see? I've also just turned something very ugly into something very beautiful. Um, that's And that's beautiful. That's why I enjoy artists and art and talking to different types Self, of artists. Bro. Yeah. Self-expression is everything, man. And and the thing about money, is, it's such a funny thing because if I've, I had this conversation with my dad the other day, but it feels more freeing when you have less money. Like urban or whatever you feel more yourself but everyone's always chasing it and then after that it, it kind of changes you into uh like a one-dimensional version of yourself of course your father has some more some weight to that there <laughs> um he's got a point man you know and you do as well um i've been happier when i don't have money in my pocket on top of that people when you do have money they're there and they're there for the wrong reasons. Exactly. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've had my friend turn on me because I don't have a couple of bucks to go out with him or something like that. And you just find out that people are just there for interest. And do you really want those people? 
you know? I've been in a bunch of relationships with girls that they tell you they love you, but then look to see what's in your pocket or what you could provide to them. And that's not the right way. I remember back in the way back in the day my grandmother used to tell me about how people who were, you know, how it was just like passionate everything they did. You know, if you were a guy in the corner that did origami with palm fronds yeah, you know, he's on the corner doing palm fronts, but he loved what the fuck he was doing. Exactly. And every time everybody came by to buy one off of him, it made him feel even more beautiful. Mm. So, you know, that's what it's all about. Mm. Money is just an object what we use to buy freedom, but the real freedom is being you. Right. You know? it, and, uh, yeah, well, going back, because I'm Colombian, and my dad said that back in Colombia, you see a dude... Uh, you go to like the villages and stuff and you see a dude washing himself in the barrel and all you see is smiles, uh, like toothless smiles, happiness all around. And then you come to America uh, and then you see people with a lot of money, but also with a stressful life. Of like, course. Like tortured, kind of. Because they're looking at other people's plates. How could you be happy if you're not even finishing your plate? Yeah. You're always looking at what's next. There's always going to be someone with a better car. There's always going to be someone with a nicer girl, better looking there's always going to be someone that has a bigger house than you. There's always going to be someone doing something better than you. But you got to be happy to be your own. You know, right. like, that it's yours. Love your shit. Like, you have nothing else, you know? Like, it's yours. And even if you don't have anything, still love it. Because it's you. Right. And, uh, well, talking in a, in my perspective only, living in Miami, there is a lot of, uh, quote-unquote, fake people out there. Or people that are, are with you for the wrong intentions. How do you... You personally, what is your advice to sort out uh, your friends that are there for the right reason and those that are there to for the bad reason, for the wrong reasons? All right. So, personally, coming from an experience, and I've had several experiences in that situation, and I'm sure a lot of the viewers have felt this as well. Mm-hmm. Whenever you are in a situation like that, Take it as life throwing you a lesson. Alright? If your friend is not willing to hang out with you, or that person, the significant other, is not willing to participate. Excuse me, I dropped my phone. (laughs) To participate in the creation of the love or the happiness you guys share throughout before money or whenever you guys are do experience that. Right. That's not the person for you, man. That person's looking for comfort and what was this word? Reliability. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to kind of like confirm their future. Oh, well, I mean, I'd be completely happy, but I know I'm not going to be homeless because this guy's making money and everything. Why? Why would you go and do that? Yeah. Is your happiness worth more than your money? I mean, like, what's happening here in this world, like... Yeah, and that's the problem of, uh, I think, a lot of Americans, that they value the wrong things. They are. They value money over, over their own happiness, which is the other... It should be the other way around. I can't tell you um, how many times I've been hanging out with, like, maybe a group of girls, and I'm just there because I'm friends with one of them. Mm-hmm. And then you hear these women have these conversations, not to bash on women, because there's a lot of good women out there, just how there's a lot of good guys, and there's also a lot of shitty people. Just how they are guarding yeah, girls. Both sides. Both sides. So this isn't to, <clears throat> you know, like completely separate the women, but, uh, you know, like you understand. It's not even women. It's just how humans think. 
she was uh, a group of them were just sitting there talking about oh yeah he's cute but like he's kind of like not you know he's kind of broke he doesn't like to go out too much he doesn't that maybe you never know but what he might give you might be worth more than a numerical dollar value exactly you know um experience not even that i can't tell you how many times i've been with someone and i truly love them because the type of person i am whatever i do something i do with passion or i don't do it at all right so you know even one of my most recent relationships it was uh i loved her a lot i can't tell you how much i loved her you know it was just her voice was heavenly to me every time it spoke to me or called my name and um, just that feeling right there didn't even have a price value. Like if I could go through all the pain I've gone through in my entire life just to experience that voice that lifts up your spirit, don't even, don't even, I won't even question. It. I'll do it again. Right. You know, like that sense of love and passion, you don't really get to experience a lot. People go throughout their whole life being angry and bitter and just mm-hmm. hooking up with a bunch of people looking for something to fill that void in them. And the reality is, they're so closed up that even if they did find that right person, they're looking for the wrong things. Right. And going back to to what you said about either you do it 100% or, or not at all, do you find yourself doing that with your work, even if it's not art? Of course, man. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the middle of a painting and I just lost that sense of passion because someone told me something, I just received a text or something, and it hinders me. I can't continue. It literally puts a brake to my to my car. Right. So there's been a couple times where that's happened to me, but um you got to you got to stare back into the painting and remember what you were doing it for. You know? And if I'm not remembering at that moment, I just get up and I leave because it's not worth putting bullshit on a canvas that I don't feel it than to actually not do it because then it's the same principle. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Wow. Uh, going back into more uh, personal lives, uh, I'm not gonna name any names, but and it's I'm gonna what I'm, what I'm about to say is I know some people are gonna think I'm talking about them, but I'm not talking about Go them. Go ahead, bro. Uh, going back to re- friendships and relationships in Miami, there's a lot of relationships out there that as soon as uh, one of your friends, guy or girl, finds uh, finds themselves in a relationship, they cut you off. They cut themselves up from the friend group. From uh, their closest friends, people they consider brothers, and it's just them and the other person. Uh, what What are your thoughts about that? Do you think that's a healthy thing? Do you think that's no? That's not healthy. And um, to elaborate more on that, it's good to isolate sometimes. So, you know, your friends could provide a lot of companionship, and they're always going to be there for you. Right. But a good friend is still going to be there for you at the end. You feel me? I can't tell you how many times I've had a friend of mine, I'm not going to mention any names, but he'll get into a relationship, have it go beautiful, disappear for a while, and I don't get angry that they disappear. I think sometimes we do need to disappear. How are you going to miss somebody when they're always there with you? Right. You need to be able to appreciate that person, and if they're consistently there, you're not going to be able to appreciate it. just how couples need space too. Mm-hmm. You know, You can't be on top of that person because then you end up either taking over their personality or they end up having no personality because they were somebody before they met you and you know i respect that 100 percent. i've been in relationships where i've had my significant other tell me oh i'm gonna go out with the girls and i don't even question it you can go go have fun i appreciate that now 
should you isolate yourself from your friends? No. You should drop in, send a text every now and then, even if you're not there. Let them know that you still thought about them that day. Right. I mean, it could be argued that, that friendships last longer than relationships because you you could go through a whole movie or adventure with your significant other, and then when either you or them put an end to it, who's there to consult you? Who's there at the end? It's your friends. You could go back to them, and they could if they're true friends, they accept you with open arms. Of course. And there is uh, a lot of issues in that because at that point that's just like asking the question if your friends would be around you when you had money mm-hmm. are your friends going to be around you in your low times like mm-hmm. what would happen if I was to leave to pursue my dream are you going to stop being my friend because I'm going after my dream I can't tell you how many of my friends have left the state of Florida and gone thousands of miles away and they're living this beautiful life and I can never be angry at them because then it would stop them from being them. Why would I want to stop something beautiful in its creation? Exactly. Uh, there was this quote from a movie. I, I wish I could remember the name, but it said that it, something along the lines of when you laugh, the whole world laughs. But when you cry, you cry alone. And I think that's very interesting to 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 think about because it, it does feel like that. It does feel that. It is. When you're at your high, everyone wants to be around you, but then when you hit your lowest lows, that's when it's all you. You could even see that in social media. You'll never see someone rarely post about them crying. Right. You only see the good part of people's life because people want to be a part of the good life. Nobody wants to be there for the bad times. Everybody's had their share of the bad times and they're kind of sick of it. Mm. I think people need to appreciate the bad times. Bad times are what make you, you know? Makes you appreciate the good times. If you were happy every day of your life you wouldn't realize that you're happy until you have a really bad moment kind of like that saying i wish they would tell me that i'm living in the golden ages before they're actually gone Mm -hmm. you can't tell anybody that because they wouldn't appreciate it they need to go through the bad times to appreciate the good times you can't have in your life joy and no sadness because then you're never going to experience how or even not even experience value your joy you need to be able to feel sad to value your joy. So when they say the whole world laughs and they laugh with you and then you cry and you cry by yourself, that's a fact. That's a fact right there. You do cry by yourself. Nobody can step into your body and experience the waves of emotions that you're feeling at that moment. From a heartbreak to the loss of somebody, that's something very personal that I don't even think most scientists could wrap their brains around it. Right. I've never... Uh, obviously, I believe in balance, but everyone always appreciates and enjoys their the happy days or the good moments. But you bringing up that people should also appreciate um, when they're sad, that's a good point. Because then you value your happy days more. Of course, man. You need to have a consistent balance. You know, Dr. Seuss himself said it, you know, life is one big balancing act. <laughs> so you wow. got to learn how to balance them both. You can't be happy all the time because you're not going to be happy. Yeah. It sounds exhausting. Kind of like those rich people that go and buy an obscene amount of things trying to be happy. And they already got everything they want. But why are they still sad? Because they feel that they missed something. I Mm. bet you nine times out of those ten, those people don't remember at that moment where they were before they got the money and Mm. where they are now. Yeah. Which is crazy in its own right. But jumping into the, the Miami environment a little bit. Do you have any local inspirations for your art? Just walking down Linwood. 
to be honest. I can't sit there and name you artist by artist because mm. there's so many that are my favorite. It'd be selfish for me to pick one. Yeah. Each one of them make me feel anything. But my inspiration comes from Winwood. Winwood, you walk down and it's just even the freaking rock that's on the sidewalk has a painting on it because they took an advantage of all the free space that there is out there to pr- to provide beauty and art to yeah. create something it's really beautiful yeah man do you have any inspirations that isn't art related like for example a tv show you watch growing up or a movie i like a lot of movies i wouldn't sit here and tell you i haven't watched any tv shows because i have i like watching the office you know it's a very entertaining show it's mm-hmm. funny it has ups and downs and that's the good part it keeps it entertaining right but um movies i draw a lot of inspiration from movies and music Mm-hmm. Um, movies is like they put you in a point of view and just the person with that camera that's angling it a certain way could express thousands of emotions right there because you've probably been in that exact same angle looking up at that same view yeah. and then you think and you see yourself in that and <clears throat> I can tell you how many times I've uh, seen a movie enjoyed the angle where he put it at and then based one of my drawings off of the angle that he picked just to show a point of view or something, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I do draw a lot of inspiration from movies and mostly music. I mostly deal with a lot of music. Any artists in particular? For music? Yeah. Um, Dude, I'm the type of person that if you were to ask me what's my favorite genre, I'd say all, all of them. them. Yeah. Because... I'm with, you. <laughs> with you there. Because there's not one specific mood that I have that I don't want to hear a specific sound, you know? Yeah. So, when I'm feeling very patriotic or loving nature or something, I'll put on some country music. If I'm feeling speaking truth and realism and trying to show a point of view with an aggressive point, I'd do like some rap or some rock. And then maybe if I want to show like a softer side of me in my painting or love or passion... I'll put like any of those classic love song rocks that they used to have back in the day, 70s, 80s. Right. That's where they showed a lot of emotion. Nowadays, I feel like I don't really listen to too much nowadays. You know, there's specific artists that I do like from our genre or our generation, but um, a lot of them, like I just said before, are just putting content out with no depth. Right. So, how could I get inspired to do something if that person wasn't inspired to write the song? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I would like to pick your brain about that. There's a lot of artists out there that people could use uh, Kanye, for example, that because they're already, no matter what they do or what they put out, since they're already like a household name or big brand, they themselves can't tell whether it's good or bad because they're kind of in this bubble. And no matter what they do, people will just consume it. So I know um, you just saw that smile on my face and you said Kanye. I'm obviously a pretty big Kanye West fan. Mm. Now... Perfect that you're talking about him. Um, he's a good example of someone that hasn't really lost touch with himself, but the world thinks there's something wrong with him. Hmm. And the world's always going to think there's something wrong with you, you know? You know, when they see you walk on water, they're going to say it's because you can't swim. Right. So, when I hear the word ta- Kanye's overwhelmed, you know, like self-conceited and very to himself, and he's an asshole, and he's all... None of you have personally met Kanye. Hmm. You know? I've never met Kanye. So I can't tell you who he is. I'm not going to judge a book by this cover. But his art, what he creates, speaks for itself. You know, if you really take a good look at it, it shows you what he's trying to achieve. 
Right. The message he's trying to send the generation. So, good example. Everybody's going crazy for the Yeezy, right? Everybody loves Yeezy this, Yeezy that, Yeezy that. You know, I like the design. You know, it's a pretty cool design and everything. But did you really take a good look when he first came out with his first generation of Yeezys, what it looked like? It looked like homeless people. And made people want to go to Goodwill and rip up a fucking crew neck sweater just to emulate what he had. Right. And that's exactly what his art was. And that's exactly what it meant. Mm. You know, you didn't have to wear patent leather. You didn't have to wear snakeskin pants. You didn't have to wear Mason Margiela's shoes to feel like a Kanye fan. Or right. to be in that world that Kanye's in. Because Kanye provided you the luxury of having to go into your old closet and picking out a crew neck that you wore when you were in 8th grade. Grabbing it and literally rip, cupping, cutting a couple holes in it. And you just made a designer piece. That's what he was trying to get at. Yeah. You guys put the numerical value on it. Mm-hmm. You got to remember, people don't put their own prices on that. If you really do uh, a, a marketing program or something, you realize there's something called the free market. And that's what someone's willing to pay for it. So someone out there valued Kanye so much and his work and his idea that they put it at that price. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, since it's that price, I got to have it. Mm-hmm. Same way everybody wants a Ferrari. Ferrari and Camrys are made in the same place factory there's a designer behind it and everything but everybody wants the ferrari because nobody else could have the ferrari you crave individuality and he's trying to show you that it's all right to be a part of the crowd but try to strive for yourself you know yeah so also a lot of people think that he's crazy sometimes if you really take a look back into history you'll see that most artists were fucking crazy bad shit out of their mind yeah. From Leonardo da Vinci creating and designing contraptions and machines and even putting it into paints and stuff and showing diagrams. People in his time thought that he was fucking insane because he was trying to achieve the impossible. Yeah. They're always going to say something to you. So what I could tell you guys is that if they think you're crazy, you're doing something right. You feel me? Right. So do it. Do it. Don't think about it. Kanye now is making church music. You know why he's making church music? Because that's the part of his life. That's a chapter of his life that he's living. He wants to be close to God. He wants a relationship with God. He wants to better himself. And he thinks that that feeling that he's discovered shouldn't be just by himself. He should share it. And what is he doing? He's providing music that has, you know, church hymns and... Bible verses and everything in his songs and you're listening to it and then you're not even noticing it but you're appreciating the word of God without realizing it you know on top of that sometimes some of his other music that has nothing to do because people be like oh but he's not always talking about God in this set in this in this part of the verse and everything I'd be like yeah but he's telling you what he's going through his thoughts his emotions like that song he said I thought about killing you mm-hmm. and that Kim song that he wrote he was like today I thought about killing you yeah. premeditated murder that's a real emotion. Like that's someone, and I know you've been angry. Everybody here that's listening has been angry at least at one person and think, damn, I wish I could fucking kick your ass. I wish I could kill you or some shit. And you're not going to do it. You're not a fucking maniac. You're not a psychopath. You're not a sociopath. You're not going to do it. You know you're not. But just at that moment, that emotion, you're like, fuck, bro. Like, I really can't stand you right now. Right. That's an emotion right there. You need to be able to experience that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Kanye has the balls to come out and talk about it on a platform, that speaks 
to me thousands of words. So they can keep talking all they want. You know, at the end of the day, when they think you're crazy, man, you're doing something right. Do it. And I'm I'm glad you brought that up uh, when so in depth about Kanye because it's uh, really about society. Because you know, I, I don't want to throw that word around, but I feel if a huge group of people said this individual is crazy, then everyone jumps on the bandwagon. And if a different group of people or the same group of people change their mind and go, this person is a genius, even though they're doing the same thing, then everyone says, oh yeah, that's true. This person is a genius. Of course, man. People, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that show on Netflix. It's pretty good. You should watch it. It's called Brain Games. They did a test on a bunch of people where they sat them down inside of a lobby and they had a random person come in that had nothing, had no insight of what was happening. They come in, they sit down, and then all of a sudden a beep sounds in the room and everybody stands up. And you slowly see that person realize every time they beep, everybody gets up, he starts to want to join them. Mm-hmm. eventually to the point where he does join them at the end and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing it for that right there is just like a natural instinct that we got to learn how to fight you know we always want to be a part of the crowd we never want to be the odd man out but at the same time you do because everybody wants a ferrari right everybody wants to be the rich guy so you're looking for individuality at that point we're animals you know everything in nature has a certain way of working out if you look at it birds that have the most colors you know, penguins that build the largest nest usually end up getting the most females and the most attention. Right. And everybody's striving for that. So it's just like we're all going after this animal instinct to try to find the may be the most successful in the in the pride. When in reality, you're stepping further and further away from that. You need to be able to be weird, be yourself. That's that's where we're at. People mm-hmm. don't want to be themselves. They want to be what they see on Instagram. And if I could tell you anything, man, you're heading down the wrong path. Should I be lonely and cold the whole day? So would you say that you find that your art has helped you a lot in your personal life? Of course. Um, Art has been a way of explaining how I feel without putting it into words. Sometimes words just can't do it. Words become superfluous, Mm. you know? You could feel some way and then you say something and you're like that's just not it you know like i just want to show you it and then beautiful part about art or music or any of those creations that people there's so many artists in the world they have that talent to give that to say it to put a message they have something to say and mm-hmm. i think anybody that shares that talent you have that look you have that eye you have that way that a lot of people don't, you know, people are really good at finances, but I can't put to you in numbers how I felt today. Yeah. You know, it's not always black and white. It's not. But, um, looking at Western society specifically, do you think we're on the, going on the right path into like a sort of enlightenment with everyone being more accepting and encouraging individuality? I think, um, we're living in a generation right now where what we're seeing right now has never been seen. Hmm. So I don't scientifically, I think we're making great advances as a generation, you know, going to the moon more often, going to space, increasing medicine, developing stuff for people. You know, I saw the other day, uh, a video of someone that had never seen color in their life and they developed a pair of glasses to let this guy see color. 
Right. That that's all great, and I hope we strive further. Mm-hmm. Now, as an emotional standpoint, for everybody in the world, in the Western, whatever the hell we're going through right now, I don't think that's right. The way we're we're heading about it, you know, everybody so quick to judge, so quick to isolate or leopardize somebody, and it's not right, you know. Yeah. That person feels a certain way and you have to let them feel that way. Who are you to live and guide someone's life? You're not. That's their own way. You know, that person gets up, sleeps, eats. When he goes to sleep, he has dreams of his own that you will never be able to see. Mm. So, why? The real question is, why would we want to destroy a creator before he starts creating, you know? And I feel like that's what's happening a lot of days. People just feel... Like they're suffocated and they can't get a word in because if they put a word in, they might piss off somebody. And that shouldn't be that way. You know, everybody has their own opinions, you know? Right. That's a that's a great way to see it. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I don't like asking this question a lot because I feel when I ask an artist this, it's like picking their own favorite child or, or kid or whatever. But of course, you personally, what is your favorite piece of art that you made so far? Oof, you know, I love, I love all my art and each have their own stories. I guess that's why I like them so much. Mm-hmm. But, um, there's just one piece of art that I have and I haven't even finished it because no. I feel like the story is still telling itself. It's in the making. It's in the making. So there's this one piece of art that I have that it's myself. It's a self portrait with red hands all over me. And I'll post a picture about it on my Instagram so you guys can check it check it out. But um, that piece of art speaks so much to me, even though it's not even fully completed, because I'm not fully completed. Right. So when I look at it, it just drives me even harder. And even though I won't even work on it, just passing by it in the room and seeing it, I'd be like, okay, I know where I'm at. I know where I'm going. Right. You know. I know what I'm doing this for. And the art speaks for itself right now. Like, it's blue. I'm a blue character, you know, in a blue drop backdrop with this red light on my head. And those little things all have, like, their own story. Right. So the blue backdrop is, you know, blue is a lot of emotion. So when I had first put it, I was feeling a little bit uh, isolated. You know, to me, blue sometimes feels isolated. Think of uh, blue, light blues, and you find all those in the middle of like a snow pasture or something like that, and there's nothing out there. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like it's by its own. And at that moment when I put that backdrop down, I was like, you know what? I do feel a little bit alone. I do feel this. I do feel that. I wish I had someone to share this with me, but I don't. And that's not a part of my story right now. It might be in another chapter. I have the red hands on me all over, and they're women hands. Because uh, I'm a very passionate person, so sometimes I found in my relationships, I'd be the one putting 100 while the other person's putting a 50. Mm. And I can't tell you how many times I've felt that and it's just such a deep pain. So it's almost kind of like those hands are like one of my very few, kind of like Achilles heel. So every time you would see a hand on that painting, it'd be someone that had come into my life, affected me greatly, made me feel this beautiful emotion. I'm not angry or bitter at them. I, you know, I think 
I thank them as a matter of fact because a lot of people don't even get to experience that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's been a very painful process learning the secrets of like life and love in that aspect. So each hand represents someone that's touched me and not only physically, like internally touched me Emotionally. to the core yeah. and they've shooken me and made me realize what this is all about and why I have these beautiful emotions. And if you see my face in the painting, I have that red light on me and I have like kind of like a stern look. It's just because I've gone through a lot of shit in my life. And I'm not going to sit here and say that everybody hell hasn't, but like I've definitely gone through a lot of shit in my life and it's been very hard and there's moments where I'm just so angry or I feel so disconnected with the world that I just don't want to be a part of the world anymore. Yeah. Not like a suicide, but like it kind of like I wish they would abduct me <laughs> to take me to another planet because I don't understand this one. And I feel like a lot of listeners can relate to that. A hundred percent. I'm not the only one. Just like John Lennon, I'm not the only dreamer. There's a bunch. Yeah. And dude, um, that light on my head reflects all the hard times I've been through and my face throughout it all. Mm-hmm. And the painting's not fully done, but I feel like when it is, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be something so intense. And it may not look that intense to someone else. But to me, when I look at it, it's going to be like, wow. Holy fuck. That was me. And that was me the whole way. Right. (laughs) I think it's it's human nature that every human being is curious one way or another. Everyone wants an answer. Everyone strives to resolve the problem. But for some reason, when it comes to art, um, well, mostly artists in modern day, they they leave it uh, vague. Ambiguous. They let you decide what what this means, what colors mean what. Like you could ask uh, an artist, oh, what did you mean when you colored the drapes red instead of purple? And then some decide not to answer the question uh, straightforward. Some just say, oh, why do you think it? Of oh, course. And then, and then whatever they say, they're like, there you go. Of course, I I completely understand the artist, and I'm the same way. You know, I'll never really tell anybody exactly what the painting means. You know, it's only for them to discover that. That's why art is created. You feel something because someone did it. Right. But you could only create something by, you know, feeling that. Mm -hmm. So if you feel something, maybe someone sees that and says, okay, I understand that. I feel something like that. This painting makes me feel this way. That's why I would never really like tell anybody exactly what it means. I'll give them a quick idea of it. You know, I'm not selfish. I'll tell them a little bit why mm-hmm. I was doing that. Or even more so, I'll tell them the story of what I was going through. And then they piece, they piece the puzzles together, you know? And then they look and they're like, okay, now I know why you did that, mm-hmm. you know? But sometimes, again, art's not for one person. It's for everybody. So whenever you look at something, you're like, wow. Like, I feel that. Right. And you don't know what it means. It's okay not to know what it means. A lot of things in life, you're not going to understand what the fuck it means. But you can feel it. You can definitely feel it. Either you could be confused, angry, sad, happy, excited. You know, like you look at it. And your eyes, bro. Your eyes tell you the whole thing, bro. Yeah. 90% of human conversation is nonverbal. Did you know that? Like body language? Body language. Mm. Just like animals. Animals talk with their body. Yeah. You know, a cat's not going to be like, get off me or leave my area. He's going to growl. He's going to 
arches back, raises hairs, give you a stern look. Right. And at that moment, you realize what it was. Same thing for art. You're not going to know what it means. Just look at it and interpret it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's literally scientifically proven because uh, I could give you an example right now. Let's say uh, everyone, like, the memories could be spotty. Let's say you remember a certain encounter. You don't remember verbatim uh, what they said or what you said word for word, but you always remember how you felt. So if you felt angry, you remember, okay, like, I was mad, but I can't tell you specifically why. Of but course. I just know how I felt. Yeah, of course, man. And that's a hun- that's life. It's that I can't even tell you that's a fact. It's life. Yeah. You know? I can't tell you how many times I've been with somebody and you ask them, are you all right? And then they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But their body language tells you the complete opposite. And you know that because you grew alongside that person or you've known them for quite some time and you could tell, bro. People will tell you the truth without telling you the truth, you know? So there'll be a moment where they're sad and they can fake a smile and everything, but you can see it in their eyes that they're not there. You see like this lost feeling in their eyes and you can see it almost like if they're looking for something Mm -hmm. and it's not there. And at that point, it's up to you to be like, okay, this person's sad. Let me go try to poke more or maybe I should give them their space. But at the end of the day, that right there, you only interpreted it just by looking at them. You didn't even, you didn't even talk to them. Right. Uh, I want to take a turn and, and get your perspective on this because of course. Uh, back in the day, back let's say in the 80s or 70s throughout that era, uh, weed, marijuana was seen as such a terrible thing. You smoked it, your ears fall off, your skin turned green, whatever, whatever. It, society had the stigma that if you were a stoner you were a loser you were a failure but then as time went on you know like recently uh through the uh, 2000s it's more accepted it even became legal uh so it used to be something taboo but now it's just a regular thing like what 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 do you think made the change well if you do your history i'm a personal avid of uh, smoking i personally smoke right every day um what i can tell you is anything too much is bad you drink too much it's bad you smoke too much it could be bad but that's a personal choice for you you feel me personally marijuana isn't that bad it's the equivalent of drinking a beer right you know people drink every day and there's thousands of artists and musicians that get hammered right before they go out to perform and let loose mm-hmm. or relax and just get real comfortable in the situation. I think marijuana provides that as well. Right. Now, back in the day, you know, they used to say that marijuana was bad and everything. That was just because they probably couldn't control it. You feel me? It was something new or maybe they needed something to point a finger at to distract you guys from something. Mm-hmm. I personally don't like the government myself. They lie to you a lot. Right, but um, it could have been for something, bro. But the reality is, we've helped so many people with the discovery of marijuana. You know, there's people I've seen that have Parkinson's that take CBD oils, and then at that moment, right after they took it, they just stop shaking. Mm-hmm. They can finally grab a piece of water, like they can finally grab a piece of food or a cup of water without spilling it on themselves, for and sure. be able to enjoy a moment of calmness. 
It provides that for you. It's also providing for people that come home and don't want to get hammered. You just want to get home and relax and you've had such a shitty day at work, you want a different perspective. Go ahead, roll up, smoke, watch your favorite episode. It's going to make you feel 10 times better yeah. than that moment you were feeling earlier, you know? Yeah. You don't have to, like, be a stoner. You don't. And I think that's just, like, the equivalent of calling someone an alcoholic. They're both bad. Like, I don't think anybody should be called a stoner. Right. You know? Just, like, you shouldn't go up to everybody and be like, you're a fucking alcoholic. Yeah. But if it doesn't hinder you, and it doesn't affect your productivity, and it doesn't hurt your health, well, buddy, you know, it's your life, man. You can pick whichever way you want to go as long as you are happy. That's yeah. all that matters. And I wanted to, to talk about the government more and the, and the grip it has on certain individuals because uh, admittedly, I, I'm not really well-versed in, <laughs> well in, in weed or marijuana, but I saw an episode explaining the history a little bit and specifically in America that the government uh, picked weed to discriminate against Mexicans back in the day. And then that's where the stigma grew that, oh, this is a bad drug because uh, Mexicans are smoking and, and Mexicans are bad because they're trying to take our jobs, this and that. But it was interesting to me because uh, the government was the one who kind of started the fire, kind of lit the match. Do you, do you think any there's anything now, like in modern times, that the government is kind of leading the conversation that they're making you think that, oh, that's bad, but in reality, it's neutral or it's good. I can't tell you too much about that because I've never personally given the government that much thought mm-hmm. other than they're a piece of shit and they're lying to you about everything they do. Right. But that, that in itself. I have personally no political party. You mm-hmm. know, I hope I don't offend anybody, but I don't nor Democrat, nor Republicans, they both have an agenda that they're trying to reach and none of them are in my best interest. Yeah. You know? It's kind of what benefits them. So, I remember a long time ago, I used to work for, I'm a, I'm a former captain, so I used to work for like boats and doing charters and shit. Oh, that's cool. So, I've taken out a couple people that worked for the government that had some money on them. And um, I remember there was just one guy. I've had a couple CIA guys come and ask for a charter. And there was just one guy, Phil. He was pretty cool about it. And uh, I hope I'm not writing Phil out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember I was talking to Phil. And this guy had lived such an amazing life. And then I asked him randomly. I was like, the topic came up. And I was like, oh, do you cons- believe in conspiracy theories? And he was... Uh, you know, he laughed a little bit. He entertained it for like a second, but I could tell really that he didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. That was clue number one. And then clue number two was that he came up to me and he looks at me at random on the boat and he goes, Hey, Leo, let me tell you this one thing, though. If the government is going to do anything, they're going to do it in front of your face and you're not going to even be able to see it because they're going to distract you. Yeah. So... Whenever you look at the news and you see all this, then you're worried that the world's coming to an end. Don't. Because the world can end any time, you know? It's what you do with your time. But don't let them have your peace of mind. Like, mm. please, don't let them turn you into a, a schizophrenic, paranoid person that's worried that the world's turning on them and the Republicans got it wrong and the Democrats got it wrong and you're there 
getting angry at the wrong reasons when you should be getting angry at the people that have all this knowledge and are just keeping it from you. Mm. Don't even get angry at that either, man. Because at this point, your life is very short. Do the most you can. Mm. Create the most you can. Feel the most you can. Everything else is borrowed. Mm. So I want to get your two cents on something and then we'll jump into the instrument questions. But let me just start off. Aliens. All right. Over the summer, I do believe in them. The government immediately, I do believe in the them. The government released actual footage of UFOs, which isn't necessarily aliens, one hundred percent. It's just un- unidentified, unidentified flying object. Okay. Exactly. So, but okay, quotations in the air. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Have you seen the said footage that the government released? Of course, man. Of course, I've seen that. I have Instagram. Did you talk was... to to your buddy Phil about that? Oh uh, no, that I didn't. I didn't have the luxury of talking to Phil about that. <laughs> I gotta talk to him about that next time I see him. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, dude, a hundred percent, they're out there. You know. A lot of, and I know I'm going to piss off some religious people, you know. God, in my eyes, was an artist. And, yeah, we, this, the Bible says we were made in his image, but what is a dog? Like, yeah. does God a dog? It's got a cow. Can't be the last thing he created, you know. There's definitely way more out there. And sometimes even, this is a little crazy thought, thinking that maybe that's even us. From the future, we might have developed like time, uh, time travel, travel or something. Yeah, I heard that. And thing. we're coming back to learn about our history, and then we're slipping up and getting caught in these little camera moments, you know, because mm-hmm. nothing's perfect. Right. And there's beauty in that. And, um, dude, they're out there. There has to be something out there. Well, and the government has already, my bad, and the government has already reached a point where they're probably like, they're seeing it everywhere. We might as well just give it to them. Yeah. But the only way they could... I feel like the only way they probably could give it to us without the whole fucking nation going crazy and shit or the whole world going crazy is by spoon feeding us. So, one moment there... No, they don't exist. Oh, the next moment is... I can't identify what that is. Then the next one is... Okay, we saw something. It's a UFO, but we don't know 100% what it is. What it is. Didn't you hear that about the Israel... The Israel Prime Minister or something like that saying that uh, the tr- uh, the Trump and everybody had insight oh, on this yes. Galactic Federation. Yes, dude. And as soon as I heard that, immediately I thought of Men in Black. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, this is just like <laughs> the Will too. Smith movie. There's a secret society interacting with aliens. And we don't even know what the hell's going on. And that's very entertaining to think about. Even before that, there was this Canadian ministry that. Uh, they were having a hearing, and he just outright said it that the government was affiliated with with aliens, and they had like treaties, and and they knew about each other, and they're doing tests, like all these things. But it just went like it was literally there, recorded, and and anyone could watch it. Oh, for sure, I saw but that too. Nobody, no one said anything. Like nothing came out of that until yeah. years later. Which is I think sometimes people are scared, or they just don't want to accept that, and then they just let it die out. Mm. That's a real thing we're living in. If the people that are running this country are saying that, it's got to be for a reason, man. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I welcome any aliens. I just hope they don't start eating people and shit. Right. But I welcome them. I welcome their culture. I welcome all the weird ray guns, all the weird... <laughs> I really hope I get a hoverboard. I'm really good at longboarding. I can't yeah, even yeah, imagine yeah. how good I'd be at hoverboarding. Mm-hmm. And, um, dude... Oh, and, and like, forget it, like... If instant anything, travel too instant travel yeah, man can you imagine you'd be like oh yeah 
I'm gonna go get some real Chinese food. Head over to China, China in a second and come back with like a whole fucking Mongolian beef and everything in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you? Oh, this morning I was in Amsterdam. Then I went to like a different planet and then I came back over here. Can you imagine that? Uh, the idea of that, just entertaining that is pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I really hope that if they are out there, um, we got cool shit too. You should come check us out. <laughs> you know, I'm dying to meet one of you motherfuckers. Uh, I'm not sure if it's me getting lost in the sauce, but I, I feel <laughs> that Miami in particular has, a, for some reason, a lot of uh, alien encounters. Because I, I have, from my parents to my friends... Oh, dude, I've personally experienced an alien And that's what too. I wanted to ask you. Do you have any alien encounters? Oh, man. Anything like, if I start sounding crazy, trust me, I'm not. But yeah. I've personally had maybe about like three experiences with something i can't explain okay t- tell me the biggest one because i got one I all right all right all right all right, all right here we go so we it was um me and my uh my best friend chris we were just hey, hanging out outside of a, a house and we were just uh you know we didn't even drink and let alone like anybody that smokes pot you know that you don't see shit on pot so we had smoked the joint outside Nothing much. We're sitting in these lounge chairs. Everybody's inside, you know, having a good time. And then all of a sudden, we have like a moment where we're just staring off into the sky. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking at the star and I see like this thing, like a shadow come over the star. And it was a triangular shape. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I just couldn't speak. I just like stared at it. And I was just like in awe. And there was like three lights. And then it had like mini lights running from trim to trim around it. And uh, it just stood there. It covered the light. It covered the light of the star and it just stood there. And I remember just looking at it. And then all of a sudden I hear, what the fuck? From my friend and I was like, holy crap. Like, what are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> are you seeing the same shit that I'm seeing? And I remember telling him that and he was like, yeah. And we were just both looking at it. And all of a sudden this thing goes, swoop. And it freaking just like backed up and then like took off in a completely opposite direction of what it looked like it was going. Mm-hmm. And then it took off with such immense speed that it disappeared along the sides of the stars. And I was like, what the fuck? There's no way that there's a fucking plane right now that could stand still right. and then take off into nothingness that fast. That was one of my first experiences. So after that day, I was like, okay, there's something, there's something out there. Yeah, for sure. 100%. What about you? Well... Me, per- well, there's been times where, where late at night I'd be looking out the window and I think I see something. I get my hopes up and then sometimes it's just like a, a phone tower. Or, oh, so you're looking for it. Or a plane. Yeah, I'm looking for it. But oh, shit. I do have an interesting Men in Black story. Oh. If you want to hear that. I would definitely love to hear this. So this comes from uh, my dad and, and my mom. Uh, this was three or four years ago. I'm not sure. Like, I hope... Like, nothing bad comes out of me telling this, but I doubt it, but... They're going to be knocking your door. Down. <laughs> yeah, take down this episode. <laughs> so, there's one night, me and my... Well, first of all, Hispanics are notorious for being night hours. Like, they could party until the next day, the next Tuesday, if anything. Uh, so, you know, the nightlife isn't anything crazy for them. They went out clubbing, and then they come back, like, 4 or 5 in the morning, and that's early for them. But on their way back, they're they're on the highway, the turnpike, and they're driving, and my dad says that he, there was like, he was getting off the turnpike, and he goes in by this, um, the mobile blue gas station, and at the same time, this is also next to the, to the military base, so oh, to, give, to give some context. So he gets off, 
and it's it's kind of dark like there's not a lot of street lights but he sees something dashing like at almost super speed and he hits it with the car and then like the car kind of like shakes like to reacting to what he hit and he's like oh my gosh what did we just hit was that an animal what was that so he goes and he, and he parks to this um, gas station and and the way he described it, it like after reevaluating re the situation it was like a black furry creature but like that was vibrating it was going super fast so he goes and he looks in the front expecting to see blood or, or like something but the car was completely fine like it, it didn't show any dents any scratches it was like like granted it it hit the bumper so it was like it wasn't gonna like leave a huge mark but he was like wait what we like i just hit something and my car is fine so then they're there at the gas station he's talking to my mom and they're both like yeah we both just experienced the same thing and then out of nowhere uh a, a black suv van pulls up and it's it's uh it's the it's like the feds so they come out and they're like they're asking them uh these questions and they're they're like oh what are you guys doing here late at night and they just oh we just came back from clubbing and then they're not saying anything about the creature they're just of course they're not investigating it they're just like oh uh like oh like what are you doing out late at night how come you guys are here at the gas station you're not getting any gas like interrogating them at the of spot of course and my dad just being straight up like oh we just came and and we thought we we saw these guys have suits uh i don't i don't i'll ask him to let you know but i don't remember <laughs> if they had suits or like federal like like kind of like the fbi thing just whatever it may have been they were looking for something and then he's just basically answering them like truthfully like it's not like oh like nothing crazy so he when he has encounters with the law, it always ends kind of like badly. Not not, not like a, like a racing or anything. That's a rebel man. Bad luck, I guess. But <laughs> but as soon as they they got the answers they wanted, they just got in their car and they left like without for sure. Without a whisper. Whatever the fuck that was that your dad hit, it was out of this world or something man made, and they were trying to cover the tracks. Yeah, I think it like escaped to the lab or something. I'm so curious. Dude, that'd be... Uh, I don't doubt that they make random shit in the lab, you know? Mm. All this technology... There's been countless of movies and times throughout history where there's been people that have questioned God and then tried to take creation into their own hands. Mm. So it possibly could have been something made or... Or something... Something got loose. Something out of this world. That they just captured and... It got loose and it dipped, whatever the hell it may have been. Yeah. That motherfucker must have been fast for you not to see him. Yeah. But, um, dude, they're out there. A hundred percent they're out there and they're trying to keep it from you, but the reality is you can't contain nature, you know? Yeah. It's gonna happen and it's gonna happen whether you like it or not. It's just fun to hear that like Miami's in Florida. I don't know. I think dude yeah. I think it's because we're by the ocean. I'm not sure. I think that's exactly what it is. Like there's been all these random conspiracies that they keep going into the water and all that shit. Maybe mm. they're already here. Maybe they're already here and they have so much technology they're already at the bottom of the ocean chilling there because they know we can't get to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Most recently, the, my my parents are chilling at the dock, uh, my front yard, and then they look up and they just straight up see something that looks like a UFO just fly by. You know what's something else that I think is pretty weird? What? On the topic of conspiracy theories. I think it all has something to do with Antarctica. Just because I've done like, you know, just late at night scrolling on your phone, you see some random shit, and then, you know, you go and investigate because what the fuck are you going to do at 2 o'clock in the morning in your bed? You know, just scrolling through your phone. So, yeah. I, you know, I did the research and uh, I realized that... Did you know that it's illegal to, to step foot in Antarctica? Yeah. Like, why? 
Why can't anybody go there? And it's like if they see you, they'll shoot you on sight. That's the law. So oh, I like, didn't know there was like military bases. That bro, what? They'll shoot you on sight. They won't even question it. And I'm here thinking like, okay, so the government's hiding something or the world's hiding something from us in Antarctica and they don't want us to go there. Mm-hmm. So maybe even Area 70, what is it? Area 50, 51. 51, whatever the fuck it may be. Maybe that's just a decoy. Something yeah. to keep your eyes focused on until like they're done game. doing whatever the fuck they're doing. Uh, well, let me take it one step further. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up, and I'm su- I'm surprised you didn't hear about this. I hope it's blow your mind, but uh, I don't rem- like guys. I don't. I see it in videos that I I have the same sources as you guys, and I'm not perfect. I don't remember verbatim, but it was something along of I think a World War Two pilot, or just a little bit after. No, it was Cold War. That this general uh, pilot guy. Of course. Uh, he was. I guess off duty, and he was going through. Uh, he was just flying normally, and he passed by Antarctica, and he he wrote a uh, not a book, but kind of like I don't like I don't even know how to explain it. But he just wrote about what he saw, and the way he described it is that he went past Antarctica, and there was a huge hole, like like there was a hole in in, in Antarctica, and there and he, this is what he's saying, that there was a whole civilization of technologies that he couldn't even comprehend and and he was flabbergasted at what Damn, he saw. saw that from the plane mm-hmm. <laughs> so then he goes back and he tells uh, uh the higher-ups about this and they just completely blow off and one of the other generals are his buddy straight up tell him like we know what you saw you got to keep it under wraps you can't tell 100 percent. i agree that that's and, happening and and uh, if you're interested, I, I could probably find the video. It'll take a while. Oh, I'd love to see that, man. It's when I heard about this, I was like, "Could it be possible that there's like, uh, pe- people like living underground in Antarctica?" Well, That'd be cool. I would, I would like to see some further evidence in that, mm-hmm. but I don't doubt it either. I think that I've seen a bunch of videos like that too. That they think that there's people living inside the center of Earth. A little bit, you know. If you think about it, yeah, it could be a possibility because. Nobody, and I don't know if you knew this, but nobody's been to the center of the Earth. Mm-hmm. So, the whole diagram of what the Earth's crust and the inner layers and Just the mantle is all one giant hypothetical. You feel me? Yeah. It could be there, but we haven't fully been down there. Not to even mention that there's been people that have drilled into the Earth very far and have recorded no increase in temperature. Really? So, what is really like going on you know maybe they just gave you all that maybe the flat earth people are right maybe these people are right there's something going on and we don't know exactly what the fuck is going on but i would kind of like to see what the fuck is at the center of the earth or maybe even so see what else is out there in space i would love to go check after hearing about this antarctica thing i want to i want to see this civilization definitely bro now it makes me want to go through some cold ass weather just to see if there's a (laughs) hole there yeah (laughs) Chill with some penguins and be like, you see this shit? Damn, no, that'd be crazy. I'd be like, how the fuck do you guys have iPhones out here? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we don't got that much time left. Let's jump straight into the Instagram questions. Let's do it. This comes from a, a patriot here at a Project 88, a blonde boy. He asks, funniest story from growing up? Oh, man. Um... So, uh, we had, uh, my best friend, Justin, one of my other best friends, uh, he was always the very, 
very eager to do anything we we kind of told them. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds a little bit mean, but you know, it's just guys being guys. And uh, I remember one time we told him to climb a whole tree, right? He climbs all the way to the top of the tree, and then there was, like, these vines hanging from the tree. And then, I don't know, we I think we were, like, 12 years old, 13 years old, and we all told him, we were like, hey, when you get to the top, like, uh, grab all those branches and all those vines and kind of swing off of it like George of the Jungle. Yeah. And we had, like, got him so worked up. That he was super down for it. Like, at that point, we were like, no, nah, let's not do it. And he was like, no, no, let's do it, let's do it. And he goes all the way up there, grabs a whole handful of, like, vines and branches. And I remember looking at him and telling him, I was like, hey, bud, right before you go, do that little George of the Jungle yelp, like, ah. So he literally, I don't know what it was that they he believed in us so much <laughs> that he grabbed with both hands, that like stack of like vines and branches, and he swung and he swung with such gusto that he put his feet in front of him like if he was on a swing set. Uh-huh. And this homeboy just took off, and then right when he got halfway in the swing, it snapped, Dude. and he fell straight ass first on a stump. He, <laughs> I literally like pissed myself, like I pissed myself laughing hard as fuck because he kept rolling around the floor going like, I can't shit anymore, I can't <laughs> shit anymore, that's it, I fucked it up, I can't go to the bathroom anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was guy. a pretty funny experience in my life Damn, when did this happen last week oh dude no that was when we were like 13 12 man. <laughs> dude i didn't even have like hair in my balls then oh, oh man I, I love the idea of like grown adults there. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong if you go to a club you'll see some crazy shit <laughs> um next question is uh the worst you've ever been hurt Physically or emotionally? They he didn't specify, but let's go with physically. Physically, uh, I was working for the Everglades, <clears throat> and I had an alligator in the middle of the show turn to me and then kind of catch me in my arm. That fucking hurt like a motherfucker. Damn! So you got bit by an alligator? Yeah. So it wasn't as dramatic like in the movies where they just grab and rip you up the sheds, but he took a good hold of me and like he kind of fucked me up. I had my hand swollen for a fat minute. Um, but it was weird. It was just so, it was a different type of pain. It was so severe that there was no feeling of pain. It was just pressure. Like if someone had put my hand inside of a vice grip and tied it to the possible, to the extreme. Right. So that's exactly emotionally. Um, I had a good time frame where I had, after the incident of my friend passing away, I had, I was in a relationship with someone and uh, they cheated on me. And that had happened only two months after my friend had passed away. After that, the last thing I had from that relationship was my dog. And, you know, I cared for him and he was the world for me. He helped me get through that whole phase of being really intensely depressed. And he was helping me through that. Right. And then all of a sudden, one day I left him in the care of somebody and it wasn't it wasn't like it was their fault because I can't blame them. It was never their fault. You know, it was my dog's time. But he fell into the lake and he drowned. And then when I get back, I couldn't find them. And then I had the weirdest feeling. It was almost like intuition. I knew exactly what had happened to him, but I didn't want to believe it. I wanted to deny it the whole time. So I looked over to the lake and I see it. I see like a spot at the lake where the sun's like glistening off of it. And I just remember looking at it and be like, he's there. And sure enough, after my hours of search, I, uh, you know, 
I gave in to the idea of just entertaining it, and I walked over there, and sure enough, he was there at the bottom. I jumped right in, pulled him out, and I can't tell you uh, the amount of pain to have loved something, watched it grow, and then watch it die in your arms, and that was detrimental to me, very. That is truly heartbreaking. I can't imagine that. Yeah, man. And I never want to go through that. I hope you never do, man. Um, I, I feel like a part of me would die. Honestly. Of course, bro. Those people, dog. A lot of people don't realize, but animals—they're people. They, they have such a a way and intuition with life that it's incredible. Yeah. They could experience a lot of what you're experiencing. They could help you through it. For sure, they're smarter than people give them credit for. For sure. This next question, <laughs> on a lighter note, this next question comes from Andrea Skates underscore. She asks, "What would you do if you had 24 hours to live?" everything everything i've always wanted to go do a bunch of weird shit you know i'd probably go up to the louis vuitton store and i've always been dying to do it they have these beautiful marble walls on the outside uh-huh. and i would literally leave my last last painting on the side of that wall but i would throw everything into it right after that i go jump off of a plane while i'm doing blow just do some crazy shit at that point, you know? Take yeah. all my savings, buy a Ferrari, crash that shit right there. Just mm-hmm. to have the experience. Yeah, I crashed a Ferrari before I died. Fuck it. Yeah, do everything. Oh, and probably like find that one person that I've always wanted to tell them something. And then just, you know, go up to them and be like, I want you. I ain't got too much time. Steal a kiss from you and then dip. Yeah. <laughs> that is... um. I mean, what else is there to do for 24 hours? For real, man. Like, 24 like, hours? Like, that's not enough time, man. Yeah. If, say if it was a week, yeah, I'll go to the beautiful places in the country and Wait, the world. Oh, waste all your money. And, and waste travel. it all. Yeah, you're not going to have too much time left. So <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. Um, this next question comes from underscore Jules underscore. And he asks, what's your favorite tattoo and why? Oh, uh, so for the viewers that don't know how I look, I have a shit ton of tattoos. So I understand why he's asking these questions. Mm. Um... I have a lot on me, and they all, you know, tattoos, sometimes people say they have to have meaning, and then they're wrong. Sometimes it could be something you really like, and just be like, fuck it, that's what I really like, and you just get it. But to me, it was, uh, I have uh, this lady, that's a pinup girl on my arm, and that one's attached to a memory. I remember growing up, and uh, I had these cousins, they were very wealthy and shit, and they hung around with the wrong crowd, but there was this one guy, bro, and he was super cool and laid back, and he was so understanding. And then I saw him, and he was, I was asking him about the tattoo, he had a bunch of pinup girls in his arm, and I remember telling him, I was like, oh man, like, why did you get all of them? He was like, because that's God's perfect creation. It's the one thing in the world that could drive someone go completely insane, and that is a woman. So, as soon as he told me that, I was like, that's it. That's the one I want. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean, me, myself, I'm more of a, like, I'm I'm trying to get more spiritual. And I honestly believe that, that women are are perfect for that. Like, they're for physical and spirituality. Because they literally give life. Women are advanced in such ways that men don't realize it. Um, yeah. A woman growing up is a weapon in the making it could be either used for good or bad you know and they're intimidating you know when you look at them and you see that beauty it could convey a bunch of emotions and you don't even know what the fuck to do with them you're just standing there like 
holding your drink, looking at her, and you're like, what the fuck? This girl's got me feeling some different type of way. Like, mm. And just that right there alone, like, it's crazy. If you really think about it, everything we do is to get the attention of the opposite sex. From the flashiest clothes to the most expensive houses to the most expensive cars, you're only doing it to draw the attention of the significant sex. Whatever you may be, gay, straight, a lot of people feel that with other people. Personally, it's women in my opinion. My opinion because I'm straight. But to a man, it could be he could see a man of his dreams and be like, wow, that guy is fucking... It's all about love and sex, but for me, it was women. That's why I ended up getting the pinup. I think women are the most, Beautiful. the best creation that God has ever made. Yeah. Shout out to all women. That That's right. End of the... Women life matter. <laughs> <laughs> Pay them more, bro. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Just treat everyone how you want to be treated. Of course. Don't be a dick. This uh, final question comes from JV Poppy, and he simply asks, why do you love the movie Monsters, Inc.? Okay. So, uh, what's the backstory behind that? That guy there specific. knows me personally. <laughs> um, there's no specific reason why I like Monsters Incorporated, just to the fact that it was my first Pixar movie. I never saw Nemo or any of that. Uh, I didn't really have an interest, but when I saw the monsters and the way they were colored up and everything, I was like, damn, those guys look pretty cool. Plus, we have this on running joke where we emphasize the name. Of something that we like. So it'd be like... If you like Monsters, Inc., you'd be like, yo, shut up. We're trying to watch some ink. And yeah. that's the only reason he'll he'll comment that joke right there on your on your page. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was something crazy. Like like you had a childhood crush on the snake lady. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> what was it? I'm watching you, Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Always watching. Hell that's no, no bro. No. She was funny, but no. Um... Oh, man, I really like that movie, you know? Uh, it's a good movie. It pretty is. You know, I like the colors and shit, you know? I like how the artists that designed the characters and monsters made them so individual and unique with each one of their designs. Mm-hmm. So, thanks a lot to Pixar for molding most of my childhood. Yeah, shout out to Pixar. Don't shout out to Pixar. <laughs> uh, well, with that being said, I also want to thank you, Leo, for coming on. Hey, man, it was a pleasure. Yeah, it was really fun having you. I hope to have you again in the future. You're a pretty good host, man, you know. You made it very comfortable here to talk to. <laughs> I appreciate but, that. But uh, I'm Is glad it... I had a platform. My bad. No. I'm glad I was having a platform to express some ideas and any of the thoughts I have. And hopefully if I reach at least one person in this podcast, that's enough for me, bro. And that's what's up. Uh, Is there any platforms you want to shout out before you go? Uh, you guys should definitely check out JV Poppy's page. He's a great up and coming artist. He has a lot to say, just not too many eyes that are looking in his direction. So I think that he should definitely get some eyes in his direction. Also, uh, Varric, the real Varric on Instagram. He is also another great artist that's trying to aspire to show the world his message. And if you want to give me a follow, it's underscore very Vega underscore. And I would love to see all your comments on my pages and what you think of my art. Right now, at the moment, it's under construction, but give it a couple more days, and I'll have that thing looking real nice for you guys. Thank you for having me on the show, man. No, of course. Thank you for coming on. If you guys enjoyed this conversation, there's way more on his page. Uh, Thank you for everyone who commented their questions, and I hope you all have a fantastic life. Have a good one.